It was a day that would be mourned around the globe. A day that everybody knew would come, but no one knew exactly when. As crowds gathered around Buckingham Palace, the Union Jack was lowered to half-staff. Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history, had just died. Starting from Balmoral Castle when the Queen died, where the Queen died on September 8th of 2022, her coffin was moved to Edinburgh, Scotland, and then 24 hours later flown to Buckingham Palace. A few days later, on Sunday, September 11th, I happened to be traveling through Europe and had a long layover in London. Visiting Buckingham Palace following an overnight flight, I witnessed the massive crowd that had come to pay the respects and honor this remarkable queen with a tribute of flowers. The scene was both solemn and yet inspiring, an anomaly in an age where national leaders garner little respect and are seldom treated with such dignity. Wave upon wave of chrysanthemums, roses, and the queen's favorite white lilies spread like a sea across Green Park, while flags, cards, poems, and Paddington bears dotted the landscape, echoing the story of a woman greatly admired. Here's one photo I took of a card left by a 10-year-old girl thanking her queen for her service. Here's another handcrafted card which sat nearby with a delicately drawn image of the queen and her husband walking off into the distance. Later that week, Elizabeth's body was taken to Westminster Hall. Then on Monday, September 19th, to Westminster Abbey for a funeral and final procession from Wellington Arch to Windsor Castle, where she was laid to rest following 70 years as sovereign. Leaders from nearly every major country attended her funeral. King Abdullah of Jordan, Emperor Naharito of Japan, French President Emmanuel Macron, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Sultan Bukai from Brunei, Grand Duke Henry from Luxembourg, and U.S. President Joe Biden are just a few of the heads of state and royal families that attended. Curiously absent was President Xi Jinping of China, who reportedly declined to attend, and Vladimir Putin, who was not invited. I suppose Putin shouldn't feel too bad, though, because I was also not invited. <laughs> In Westminster Abbey, on top of Elizabeth's coffin, sat some of the most important symbols of the British monarchy, the crown, the orb, the scepter. Also over her coffin was draped the royal standard flag, which is divided into four sections. One section represents Scotland with a red lion on yellow. Two sections represent England with three golden lions on a scarlet background. And a final section represents Ireland with a golden harp on blue. Now the harp is considered symbolic of King David, while the lions are taken from the English and Scottish coat of arms and also happen to be a symbol of the tribe of Judah. King Charles left a personal note on top of his mother's coffin. Among the flowers it read, in loving and devoted memory, Charles R. R is an abbreviation for Rex, which in Latin means king. Although it's already been declared that Charles is king of the Commonwealth, 
In songs at Elizabeth's funeral displaced, God save the queen with God save the king, his coronation ceremony is yet to occur. It is scheduled for Saturday of May 6th this year of 2023. Now, news outlets have reported that Charles's coronation will differ in several ways from that of his mother. One of the more fascinating ways is that while it'll still be a so-called Christian service, there's discussion that Charles will make portion of it inclusive of other faiths. Additional reported changes include a shorter streamlined ceremony and no presentation of gold to the monarch. Still, while Charles may be acting several elements of the past, everyone expects this coronation to be filled with tradition. In fact, an official statement from Buckingham Palace read, I quote, the coronation will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future while being rooted in long-standing traditions and pageantry. What are those long-standing traditions and pageantry? What things might we expect to happen at Charles's coronation? Well, to get a glimpse of things likely to occur, one of the best places to look is the past. A book titled English Coronation Records by Leopold George Wickham Legg tells the history of coronations dating back more than a thousand years. Now, while this book helps prove multiple aspects of the coronation have remained largely unchanged during that time, if we want to go back even farther, there's another book we can look at. And that book is the Bible. Now, ever since I can remember, our church has taught that the royal families of England are descendants of King David and his son Solomon. While there are multiple pieces of historic evidence which bolster this conclusion, the primary source comes from the promises God made to David. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. We'll look at a portion of David's life just after he became king over all Israel, including Judah. Now, leading up to this chapter, David's life has been a whirlwind of activity and warfare. If David wasn't fighting with the enemies of Israel, he was fleeing for his life from King Saul. Finally, when we come to 2 Samuel chapter 7, it seems that for the first time that David is able to pause and feel at peace in his brand new palace. It is then, while David is sitting and enjoying the comfort of his new home, that it strikes him. Here I am in this wonderful palace, and I look out my window, and the ark of God is in a tent. I have this amazing house, and God, the individual who's given me everything, has a tent? David decides he wants to do something very special for God. So he calls Nathan the prophet, and he tells Nathan that he intends to build God a house. Now, while at first glance David's plan sounds good, ironically, God tells David, no. No, David, you are not going to build me a house. Instead, God says, 